Lau weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, willkommen zu Shock America. Uh, let's keep it short, episode 149. Lots have gone on the last week. Uh, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? Fantastic command of the German language as always, sir. Although uh, I can't talk because I have no command whatsoever. Um yeah man uh wow uh kind of a big weekend in in a lot of different ways um first just real quickly obviously the elephant in the room there's the whole uh russia ukraine situation um it's far beyond the scope of this podcast to discuss we are yeah. but a humble soccer podcast um obviously i think we both um hope everyone stays as safe as possible whatever that means throughout this but as far as um you know the implications to this podcast we do have a story uh, on the back of it that we need to talk about. Um, and that's that uh, kind of our longtime sponsor, uh, Gazprom. What is that? Almost 15 years. Probably they've been the main kit sponsor in a row. Uh, yep. We cut ties with them um, as a result. Uh, as a result, obviously, Gazprom, a big Russian gas company with ties to the state. Um, we had uh, a member of our supervisory board, which is Warnick as well, uh, depart because he was kind of uh, on the supervisory board as, as sort of a representative of Gazprom. Um, so Schalke taking those steps to cut ties, um, I think, you know, probably the right thing to do, obviously. Um, but a huge financial hit because Gazprom was contributing quite a bit of money, uh, quite a bit of money to us. They had stuck with us through relegation. Um, and you know, it still given us a pretty favorable contract, uh, you know, despite that, which was very important to us with the financial situation we've had. So to lose them as a sponsor is, is massive. Sounds like the club is optimistic that they'll be able to replace it um fairly soon hopefully that's true and not just something that they're saying to kind of allay the concerns of the fans but um yeah definitely a big financial hit how do you feel about uh the decision to, to do that um and then obviously just kind of where we sit uh financially as a result well i i'm happy that it's happened uh right it started off saturday where shaka said they were not going to wear the gas from on their shirts they put the shaka no fear on their jerseys um and so that was the first step you know everyone applauded that uh, and then Manchester United, who is also linked with Gazprom, said, we're dropping them all together. And the pressure started growing for Schalke. It's like, okay, taking off them off your jersey is one thing, but you need to drop the sponsors. Uh, Vatska from Dortmund and, and head of the DFB kind of came out and said, look, we support you 100%. If you drop Gazprom, all of German football is going to help you financially if it needs to be. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we take care of you, do the right thing. Uh, and Schalke finally did. Uh, they came out and... They dropped them, right? They they mentioned on their website. They mentioned the end of the contract. Big financial loss, like you mentioned. Um, it sounds like there are a lot of suitors right now, or I don't know a lot. There's some suitors out there that to replace it, and it's one. It would look good for them. It look you know good looks for Shaka. Some rumors out there like Viva West and some other these these sponsors, but nothing official has come from Shaka so far. But uh, yeah, I love the move. It, it's 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 needed to do. I mean, it's. Like the first step was the jersey. I was right, but uh, you know, as as United did, we need to drop the sponsor, which we did, and it is going to affect us financially, especially if we don't somehow get promoted. Um, finding a sponsor is going to be key, and I think we'll be okay. 
I'm gonna. I believe what the supervisory board said that they, you know, they they think that uh, they they can find someone to replace them. Um, sounds like the rumors are that you know we can find somebody, and even if we don't, all the Bundesliga clubs say you know we have to support the third biggest team in Germany. We have to do what we can to make sure that they're at least come out even on this in terms of finance until they can find someone. So I'm comfortable with the decision, and I think financially, I think we'll be okay. It'll be even better if we get promoted because the chances of finding a, a big sponsor and you know, yeah. long term is going to be better, but um, I'm, I'm okay with the decision. Now the product on the football field has got to, got to match that. I hate looking at things this, this cynically and I feel slimy for talking about it in this way, but I mean, like there is probably an additional incentive to invest in Schalke as far as sponsorship goes right now, because if you're the person that comes in and, you know, steps up to the plate to replace a gas prom and help a Schalke out, it's going to be, um, you know, an even better look, you know, from like a, you know, kind of public relations standpoint for you uh, than it would be if you were uh, becoming a kid sponsor for somebody in a, in a total vacuum. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully we're able to work something out and uh, yeah, but, you know, some things you just have to do. They got to be done because uh, it's the right thing to do. them. so, uh, yeah, I just said took a little bit of pressure, but ultimately kind of think we probably arrived at the right place. Yeah. And gas problems always been uh, a controversial topic. Uh, it's been for many years. We've seen it because they're also big sponsors of, of the Champions League as well. And so you've always seen the protesters here and there, whether at Schalke or uh, in the Champions League, you know, protesting their um, their anger towards Gazprom and, and Russia in general. So this is the final tipping point. This has had to be done. And I'm glad it was done fairly quickly too, all within like a week, you know, um, as things have escalated out, out east. i trying to figure where we are on a map. Um, yeah, I'm glad it's been done and, and we can move forward from that. Um, what I don't like are some of the excuses um, that the head coach has mentioned after the game. One of the excuses, one of the many excuses he made, um, was saying that the covering of the gas problem was unfamiliar with the team and they it weighed them down to play poorly. I might like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> but that aside, um, we did have a game to play on Saturday. It's like some additional chafing or something happening. Like, what's he even talking about? Like, <sighs> Who the hell does? I, d- I didn't see that he made that comment, but that's that's yeah, yeah. Andreas Ernst and some other people were, were, were tweeting it out that he was making all these excuses after the game. But one of them was that, that it felt extra weight, it was chafing, or I don't know what the hell was going on with the with the covering of the gas problem. We weren't used to that anyway. We did have a game to play, it was an important game. We talked about going into this into this five game stretch that all teams bottom of the table or bottom half of the table, all teams that we should win. You know, and if we can win these five games in a row, probably put us in a nice position heading down the gauntlet stretch of the last six games where we're playing all the teams above us, uh, vying for that promotion spot. So the promotion spots, um, the game did not go as we expected. Uh, but the interesting thing was, I think, well, we'll start with the lineups first um, before we get to. Well, obviously, we drew the game, but um, Starting lineup fairly similar to exactly similar to the week before. Itakura, Sane, Kaminsky ahead in front of Frazel, Chirlinov, Flick, Oyan, Idrizi, Mikhailov back in this one, and Taroda and Bulter. Thoughts on the lineup and also the on top of Mikhailov starting. Um, the big note of no Lee. Well, there's a big news coming to the game. Lee Dong Jong was not into the lineup at all whatsoever. Malik Tiao was, even though he was suspended. But apparently Lee Dong Jong picked up an injury and he's out with a fractured foot for several weeks now. Uh, but thoughts on the lineup when you saw this? 
Well, I guess all you can really say is that fortunately he hadn't really cemented himself into the starting lineup so that now we immediately feel lost. He hadn't really even gotten going yet. So obviously it's terrible that he's um, had the setback. He's on a lone move trying to make something happen. We bring somebody in trying to make something happen. It's not working out for either party at the moment. Um, and hopefully he, re- he recovers quickly. Um, yeah, but the interesting thing is is just seeing uh, the repeat of that of that young central midfield pairing for me of, of Adrizzi and Mikhailov. Um, and, and listen, like I liked it last week. Um, I, I thought it was an interesting look and not something that I would have been, you know, opposed to seeing repeated. But the interesting thing for me, I guess, is that the fact that you see it immediately again, like twice in a row, kind of sends the message to me that like Gramatis is kind of grasping for whatever sticks at the moment um in the sense that like he said oh there you there you go that kind of worked that looked good i'll do that again it was and so like it wasn't that he had been doing that um knowing that it was going to be a one-off but knowing that he was going to revert he was literally doing it maybe the first time just to see what would happen and then goes right back so that that's how i interpreted it and that that kind of makes me feel even sketchier about things how did you view that sort of repeat central pairing i did too i thought when they first did it I thought it was a good move. It won. It, I'm sure the other team wasn't expecting it. Um, you get the young legs going in there and trying to rejuvenate, get some, uh, wake them up after the, the bad performance against Dusseldorf. Uh, and it worked. And you got the veterans coming in on the back end. But then do it two weeks in a row. I agree with you. I felt the exact same way. And I also, the, you know, the other elephant in the room, Mikhailov is, was he Russian, right? He's part of Saint, uh, Zenit St. Petersburg. How would he be mentally, right? He's a professional footballer, yes, but he's young. He's, what, 18, 19 years old. Is this too much for him? We've seen some of the veteran players, you know, Ukrainian, that they're struggling with this. And so you got a young 19-year-old. Maybe he's naive enough, but you got to imagine Gramochi's talked to him because he he talked about uh, we're going to be open with Mikhailov and making sure that he understands that we know where he's coming from and we got to make sure he's okay, da-da-da-da. But I thought having him start considering the situation globally – Maybe he maybe he wasn't ready for a nineteen year old. A little too much for a nineteen year old. Um, so I was shocked also by that. So, but yeah, I agree. The grasping at straws, really, like, oh yeah, it worked. Let's try it again. Um, didn't work again. Um, but yeah, when I saw the lineup, I was a little confused. And the other confusing part was Milik Tiao suspended because of yellow card accumulations, and then all of a sudden he's in the in the bench. And I'm like, how's that possible? I know he didn't play, but how's that legal? I'm like. I can I can see Shaka getting fined for something stupid like that. That's just me. I don't know. That's a good point. I hadn't considered that previously, but yeah, you're right. He had just picked up what I, yeah I thought was it was a suspension due to yeah yellow card accumulation. So that's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah uh, I mean it's a tough situation for all for you know Ukrainian and Russian players in various sports and various leagues right now. Um, obviously, particularly the Russian ones to some extent, just because there's a lot of um, probably negative feelings by association um, there. But, I mean, the, this is what I'm saying, though, is that, you know, you have a guy like Rodrigo Zalazar who's, like, been one of the main players for most of the season. And, you know, it's not surprising to not see Drexler in there because despite being involved pretty early on, he hasn't been a thing in, in, in quite a while. But, yeah, I, I'm just surprised that we didn't see, like, Zalazar get a start and we saw, you know, Mikhailov again. For, yeah, for a number of reasons. But, um, you know, yeah. both of Toronto up top, Oyan Cherlinov, that's going to be your ideal pairing given the yep. injury situation and the availability. And um, as we've said repeatedly, any any combination of the back three is, is not going to raise an eyebrow from us. Exactly. Um, I don't think 
this is one of Sané's strongest games, but I was happy to see him in there. Obviously, he's our best defender, you know, basically. Um, and happy to see Florian Flick back in the starting lineup again because he did fairly well in the last game. Um, moving over to the home team, I forgot we're in the row in this one. Um, Gerspec, Gordon, O'Shaughnessy, Gondorf, Vansek, who had a really pretty good game. Choi, the goal scorer, Benjamin Goler, Heisa, Tida, Benjamin, or um, Philip Hoffman, and Breithaupt. Um, Hoffman is the one that obviously is the one that's going to draw our attention and also Benjamin Golaire, but Hoffman more because he's a big, big guy, can score goals, um, making his, I think, 200th appearance for Carlsberg or something crazy like that. Uh, but he, we always seem to have, we've had trouble with the big guys lately. Uh, so that was the first guy that drew interest to me. Thoughts on the Carlsberg lineup? We talked, I think, last week about all of the, the, the former Schalke players that we'd be coming up against in, in the next series of fixtures. Uh, so of course, you know, Benjamin Gowler being in, in the starting 11 is never something you want to see. Uh, I mean, it is obviously from a curiosity standpoint, it's always nice to check in on these guys. And Gowler was a guy who didn't really get much of a run. He never really got started, but he, he showed a couple flashes here and there. So I'm glad that he's been, you know, carving out a career for himself in the second division. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Choi, I, it wasn't just, it wasn't just the goal. I thought Choi was, was one of their more dangerous players, one of the more classy players on the ball. Um, he was composed you know in one of the few people that seemed to be um at a comfortable pace with whatever he was doing uh for most of the match when a lot of other things were pretty hectic uh he played some nice some nice balls in and just you know like i said just some silky composed stuff um with the ball at his feet so uh yeah this was um unfortunately though despite you know for the most part, a relatively strong Schalke lineup. And, and, you know, a lot of things that you would probably expect from Karlsruhe was just like, I thought a shockingly um, disorganized and sloppy and just sort of like uncomfortably paced game for almost the entire 90 minutes. Um, and uh, wasn't, wasn't too pretty to watch once it got started. No, no. It seems like both teams are struggling. Um, Schalke was having a pretty bad passive percentage. It was like low 70s. Karlsruhe was even worse. Um, a lot of errors going both ways. I mentioned Salif Sane. I thought he had a particularly poor game. Um, I, I, I question on the watch along whether maybe he has an injury that we don't know about because he was pretty poor in this game, I thought, in terms of you know all the Shaka players. Um, Itakura was pretty decent. Uh, Kaminsky was actually pretty fairly decent as well. Flick was okay. Um, but he was very quiet. Um, obviously, Mikhailov and Idrizi didn't do much. We pressed at times, so did they. We we caused turnovers, they caused turnovers. Uh, Simotora got a 16th goal, great, in the 27th minute. And then you mentioned Choi got a goal in the 33rd or 34th minute, made a 1-1, uh, all the goals in the game. But really, frustrating game to watch because um, you're like, what are we doing? And it took forever to make any kind of real substitutions. Um, I just didn't like it overall. I mean – very frustrating, like you said. You eventually saw Danny Lazza. I think Lazza came on at halftime. Uh, Matriciani was on the game. Drexler made an appearance. Piringer as well, late. Um, I think Matriciani was okay in his brief appearance. Nothing special, but yeah, it was just a blah game. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's it's one thing to get a draw you know, against an opponent like, like Carlsberg, but like, once again, just... It, I felt like neither side for any significant period of time felt like they were in rhythm at all. It was always like, you know, somebody would do a pass and would kind of catch somebody like off or kind of out of step. And then they would be, you know, be a scrum and it was pretty physical and pretty cagey. And 
Um, you know, there's some moments in the game, particularly second half, when when Carl's Rose started getting some stuff down, you know, the wings and it opened up a little bit. Um, but the quality of the shot taking, as you're about to see right there, look at that. The shots on target to the actual shots taken, like abhorrent. Like, what is that? And, and part teams, of that's just yeah. bad shot selection. Um, but I mean, you just you have to be better than that. Like, that's not a for <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Getting all choked up. <laughs> it's not a formula, pardon me. It's not a formula for for success at all. I mean, like, in how many times in this game, Richard, did you see um, when uh, when somebody gets free with the ball, kind of like right at the top of the box? It's always they put their head down and they just like lace one from deep and they try to get like that long shot. And no one ever is like, hey, I'm going to take two or three more touches, kind of like try to penetrate centrally, centrally, and force a defender to make a decision. Yeah, this is what I'm always talking about. Is like you have maybe like you know one of your teammates in the box with you actually dive and, and make a defender commit one way or the other. He's, it's either going to open up for you potentially for a shot, or you might be able to pass your way into, you know, one V one with the keeper. And, yeah. and so, and too often, like somebody gets that one free look and, you know, it wasn't even Salazar this time. Cause he wasn't in the game, but like Donnie Lassa did this and other people did this and they just start like hitting these, like, you know, low percentage shots and they're not even getting on target. So it's not even like, I'm going to hit a hard one and get a deflection. Yeah. Maybe something gets bounced back out into play and there's, you know, some sort of broken play goal. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just really poor. And I thought cars were, were for the most part, much the same. Yeah. I mean, outside of the goal by Toroda, we had a one other shot on target and that's abysmal for a team that's replanted. We played down to Carl's level as opposed to trying to play like we're like fighting for a promotion. Uh, it was a pretty bad game. It looked even like you said, when it really shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been based on the statistics of the year, but I mean, you look at it, they had more corners, uh, possessions. We had more because we're, we're, you know, trying to get the goals at the end. Um, they had more shots on target. They had more shots in total. It just—it was a hard game to watch, and it was frustrating because every time we got to the final third, ideas were gone. Like you said, we tried to string passes, and fundamental passes you thought would be easy, short passes we missed. Uh, not passing to the guy where he's—you know—if a guy's running to his right, you pass to his left. You're like, what are you doing? You're throwing—you're throwing a pace off. Bolter tried to go one-on-one, kept getting shut down by the defender. So credit to the defender. Chirlinov, you know, didn't do much, uh, you know, in that regard. Toroto didn't get the service. Midfield was just struggling a lot. And I think that was the real weakness was the, was the midfield not being able to, you know, capitalize on anything because Karlsruhe's midfield was terrible. Other than Choi, and he's more of an attacker anyway, um, I thought Karlsruhe's attack looked better than ours. They were able to create more things. Choi was very fluid. Ivanacek was very fluid as well. I thought he had a fairly good game for Karlsruhe. Um, and Hoffman even. Um, Sonny was all over him, but he would drop in deep and trying to spring his his attackers past them to get open. It was working for them. Uh, they did try the direct play a couple of times as well, uh, and we were doing a better job of that. But overall, yeah, we're just lacking for ideas, it seems like. And it took forever to, you know, they did get Idrizi and Mikhail off at, off at the same time. But, I mean, again, like you said, it, it reeked of grasping for – clutching a straw, trying to just see what sticks – um, I think as you know, say what you want to say about Salazar, he's gonna work his ass all of a sudden, and he's he's our best playmaking playmaker uh, overall. And have him in there, maybe he can do something. At least if he shoots it on, at least he's just from distance, he'll get it on target. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just so tough to watch, and from front to back, I don't know. I don't know if anyone was really a good game. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's once again, it's not that I don't like that central midfield pairing or think that it like, you know, w wasn't justified in, in potentially seeing it again. It's not that it's just that um, 
yeah, you you just you just feel like it comes from a place of, of, of a lack of conviction. Like you feel like Gramatis is maybe at a point where he just doesn't actually have strong gut feelings about his squad and doesn't know who to trust. And that's maybe not a good place to be in. And maybe I'm reading far too much into that. But yeah. And I think I think maybe a different way of summing up why this game bothered me so much, because it really did bother me in a weird way. There are certain games where, where nothing happens and the pace is slow. Um, and, and there's no intent and no energy. And you just feel like you're kind of walking, watching people like walk around and pass the ball back and forth for 90 minutes. That wasn't this game. No, this, this game had a ton of activity, but all of the activity felt very thoughtless and, and disjointed. And even though things were happening, you never felt like it was going to, if a goal was going to be scored, you never felt like it was going to be the result of some sort of smartly worked piece of play. It was going to no. come from like somebody falling down or some deflection or, you know, some sort of BS reason. Uh, it was very janky in that kind of way. And then that's, I think that's why I was just kind of like, you know, I think once I got like 60 minutes into this one, I was like, I'm tired of watching this. This is just not good football. This is just really poorly executed stuff. Yeah. And Karlsruhe is, I think, one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the league on set pieces, especially corner kicks. And we didn't take advantage of that whatsoever. We were terrible on the, on the corner kicks. Um, yeah. It just, so it seemed like a pickup game where like nobody knew each other and they were just trying to play and go and wing it. And hope they figure figure each other out. I mean, it just seemed very disjointed, like you said, and uh, very frustrating because you saw like the gaps in Karlsruhe defense, and you're like, "Why aren't you doing it? <laughs> Go for it! What are you doing?" Yeah, you no, know? no, no one was on the same page. There wasn't, there wasn't just yes. like you know enough coordinated things, you know, where the, where somebody's making the run at the same time. The guy's looking for the runner, and you know has the window to pass it. It was yeah, yeah. it was poor. But yeah, at least at least as you mentioned earlier, at least Torada gets his his sixteenth. Um, continues to be hilarious how much freedom he has in and around the box. Like it's, it's not rocket science. You're going to want to put a body on that guy. Uh, and, um, I mean, to be fair, I don't think it was like a, it was a intentional play for him to arrive back post. It ended up being sort of, I think like an improvised, like flicked on header from, from Bolter. But once again, the fact that he was in a, like a one V one in space and the back post is, is still questionable. So pretty funny. Um, and then, uh, on, on the goal that Carl's scored, interesting uh that Goller was sort of involved in that one didn't actually score it but was uh you know a huge contributor um and uh it wasn't to me it wasn't a good goal from them either because the i forget which player uh crossed that ball in initially but before carl's real scored the ball was put on the right hand side of the pitch and, and somebody crossed it into the box i want to say vanacek i want to say vanacek he definitely crossed it for um one of the players who was further advanced and he just mishit it horribly and it started curling like almost like backwards towards like the top of the box and whoever picked that up i forgot it was Choi, right um i think very smartly yeah like you know dove and, and that was a good play from him but like it wasn't like it was you know a well-timed run that was picked out by the crosser it was just a very it was a mishit pass that ended up turning into you know uh, a mistaken offside and it was just sort of this you know kind of you know, cluster F of a, of, a, of a play, if you will. And it's, I don't know. It, I'm just going to be ranting at this point uh, if we continue this for much longer. But yeah, it, uh, it, even even their goal wasn't like an entirely clean sequence. Um, so yeah, strange. And then, and then nothing in the second half. Yeah, I mean, 1-1 one, one the, before the 40th minute and then um, not a lot of super great opportunities after that. Um, no. What did you make of Galler overall? Just out of curiosity. I think it was okay. I think it was okay. Uh, he had some good opportunities. I think nothing like scary against us, but I thought he was involved. Um, like you said he was involved a little bit in that in that that goal that they scored, and um, yeah, he was, he was good appearances by him. I think, and you know, I'm glad he didn't score against us. But I've seen worse appearances 
by former Shackle players against us. So, yeah, it was it was about average, I think. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, I, I guess um, the one thing you have to say, which we, we, I mean, we kind of touched on as well, is just bad, bad time to do that because the three teams ahead of us um, or three teams, you know, St. Pauli, uh, you know, Brayman all picked up dubs uh this past weekend and so fortunately we're not we're still we're not like in free fall or anything yet uh we're still in fifth place and in you know one result essentially away from contact uh with the top three but it was you know yet another missed opportunity um and uh you know looking forward the next game is now against you know rostock who despite being you know pretty poor have everything to play for at the moment because they're trying to escape that relegation playoff spot they look to be relatively comfortable from automatic relegation, but they still have a lot to play for to try to escape, um, you know, that 16th place in the table. Uh, and, uh, you know, even a team potentially like, you know, like uh, like Dusseldorf or something, um, which maybe had a little bit less to play for um, uh, directly when we went up against them when they were lower, you know, pretty low in the table too. Like, didn't, yeah. do, didn't do well against them. So, and, and there's more danger from Hansa Rostock potentially because of that extra motivation. So we'll see an important game for both teams. And uh, I mean, yeah, we, we need a win. We, we need to start rattling off some consecutive uh, results a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, and we need to get maximum points out of these next four games because it's going to be, we're going to pull things out of our asses for the last six games really. And um, Ivan Drago's in the house. What's up, Ivan? Uh, yeah. So I mean, look at the top of the table, you know, Verder, they got a four point cushion on us now. I mean, it was two points last weekend. We dropped massive points. They got the three points. We didn't. Uh, Darmstadt got 44. St. Pauli's got 44. Hamburg is still in 41. So we haven't. It's not about the place because we've we're still in fifth, but we've lost five points now against with Dusseldorf and Karlsdorf. Five points. We would be in first place at the moment, you know. And we still got four of the teams: Hansa Rostock. They're third to bottom. They're fighting like relegation, like you said, with Sandhausen and 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 Dresden. Um, they're going to be playing tough. They are and. Uh, we really got to bring in this game. It's an early game. Well, for us, <laughs> maybe not so much there. It's a lunchtime uh, game over there in Germany, but we got to bring it. And time of excuses is gone. Gramozzi's had a, a laundry list of excuses why why the team wasn't performing against uh, um, Karlsruhe. We got to stop and just perform, period. Um, I personally, I, I think we're both pro Idrizi. We want to see him in the starting lineup. Mikhailov is good every now and then, but you know he's not a consecutive game starter. Put in Salazar, you know if that's that's all you got right now. Salazar put Salazar. He can at least create some things. Um, he's a danger man. You know if he frees up, he can get a shot off. Um, and when he gets hot, he's hot, and the rest of the team comes with him. You know, and having him Cherlon off in there as well, and you know maybe lots of bringing in some support might be the way know, to go. I know this is kind of a galaxy brain take, but part of me still thinks it'd be really interesting to see Victor Paulson. Um, and Florian Flick on the pitch at the same time, like so, just do like an Adrizi Flick double pivot. Central, cent, cent, no, I mean, I mean, I was saying like a Adrizi Flick double, like central pairing with with Paulson in sort of the six, um, which I know is not the typical role for Flick. But like I said, I, I feel like he's demonstrated a couple times that he is rangy enough to maybe pull that off, um, and can do some work, you know, in in pressing and, and everything. So I don't know. I, I think I'd maybe potentially like to see it, but not necessary. We can still keep, you know, like you said, just put Salazar back in. Um, we're not in a position where we need to be searching for answers, maybe to the extent that we yeah. sometimes are, I feel like, with with him. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, Ivan had a question about how many teams go into the playoffs. So correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but top two spots get automatic promotion. Mm-hmm. Third place team plays the 
third to last place team in the Bundesliga and they have a playoff. Winner of that match goes to the Bundesliga. Loser obviously comes to the Svita Liga. There's there's no playoffs like in Serie B in, in Italy or some of these other leagues um, where they have big playoffs and stuff for in second division, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, correct. So like you know the English Championship, for example, has top two automatic promotion, but then three through I think six right. are in like a four team you know playoff with multiple rounds and that kind of a thing. Yeah. So in in this situation, it would be yeah the top two get automatic promotion. Uh, third place has a one game playoff with 16th in the in the Bundesliga to determine whether or not. Uh, they swap divisions or they stay put for uh, another year. Um, obviously, that's not the position we want to be in. We want to, you know, secure uh, first place or second place, preferably. But um, we haven't taken advantage of some of these that we should have. And, and the thing that's disappointing about it is that, uh, you know, the teams ahead of us, as they've been slipping up as well. It's not like they've been punishing us every time. We we often haven't been slipping up. Um, the same the same week it's like happening on alternating weeks but it's not as if like every time we're doing this we're necessarily getting punished um we're still pretty close contact with the top of the table we just need to start getting some consistency and like i said chain a couple results together we can't have a loss to a bottom table team and then a win and then a draw to a mid you know what i mean like we have to get a couple wins in a row um and and try to get some kind of clearance but um yeah, we'll, we'll see. It, it, I'm not optimistic for it at the moment because it's kind of what we've been doing for most of the year. We're a good team this year by second division standards. I, yeah, are we a promotion team? Eh, you know, and that's kind of what it's been. So consistency wise, no, right? But yeah. uh, like, and as Maceo says, it is a home and away game with, for that playoff game. Um, so there is that. Uh, so if you, let's just play, let's just play, let's see what happens right here. Currently, Gertha Firth is an is relegation spot. Stuttgart is as well. Uh, the next two teams are Hertha, Augsburg, and even Armenia Billfield. Um, I don't like our chances against either, either of those teams, honestly. You know, they're all underperforming. Augsburg, Armenia, they're always been at the bottom of the table, it seems like. Um, Hertha, though, is very massively underperforming. I wouldn't want to play any of them. We need a top two spot, period. Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter who you would be playing in that situation, really. Uh, I mean, it's the, the bottom line is you would obviously rather get on that promotion than have to be in that situation in the first place. Um, for the sake of uh, Ava from our friends at the, uh, you know, Bundesliga two podcast, I hope it's not Armenia Bielfeld, but um, uh, I'd much rather be like Heritage or something. Just cause I think that'd be funnier, but um, <laughs> big city club, baby, it all that be. money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, it's, it's not going to come, uh, you know, kind of piecemeal, which is the way we're trying to do it at the moment. It needs, it needs to come all together, you know, pretty quick and consecutive. Yeah. Verda Bremen's playing the best football in this fight the league at the moment. They got four wins and a draw of the last five. And I think probably five of the last six. Um, Darmstadt, St. Pauli, Hamburg, us, and even Nuremberg to an extent, we're all playing similar football. One loss, couple draws, couple wins in the last five, six games. So this is begging for somebody to go on a run of wins and, we are in a good position where we're playing teams below us in a table where we should take advantage of that. Um, yep. You know, and if we get these, ga- we get four wins in a row, we're in a good spot going into the games against Werder and Darmstadt, St. Pauli, Nuremberg. Um, so yeah, let's, let's see what happens on Saturday. I'm curious what the lineups are going to be. Obviously mood is still very tense over the gas from thing and not knowing who the sponsor is going to be, but um, we need a reaction. And, and, and one of that reactions should be, Mikhailov is nice. I'm on the bench, but Salad's already to start or somebody else. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 
for sure. I, I, I will say that I have I have enjoyed Flick though being in the starting lineup in that sixth yes. position. I think I think I mean this this past game was a little bit worse of an example just because of once again how disorganized that game was in general. I thought, um, but even even then he had a couple moments that I thought were standout moments on the ball where he just looked a little bit more composed, made a good decision, made a nice dish in rhythm kind of a thing. Um, and I, and I, I noticed maybe I was paying more attention to him than I should have just cause obviously I'm, I'm a fan of his, but, um, yeah, I thought he was still okay in this one. So he's been performing admirably in these last couple of opportunities. Yeah. And I think we're good either way with flick or Paulson back there and lots of coming in as a cameo in the midfield there, but yeah, let's see. Uh, Idrisi needs to get, do better in his games as well. I thought he's been a little quiet here the last couple of games, especially this last game. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, some out of the bit of news. A uh, couple weeks ago, we talked about our old friend, Asim Bujilab. Ah, uh, yes. He got his contract terminated with whoever the hell he was with. Um, came back to us. Team already came out and said, you're not going to play with us this season. You're going to play with the, with the junior team. Um, well, he's no longer with us this season. Uh, he joins Helsinki on uh, for the remainder of the year. Uh, so he's going out on loan for the remainder of the year in Finland. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, I'll feed Zane for a little bit, I guess, for another six months or so. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he, for his sake, he gets better and finds a place to play. But, uh, yeah, it just wasn't going to work out. Never, you know, we had hopes for him. But Was he at Ingolstadt, right? That's correct, right? Yes, yes, Ingolstadt. And, and so, like, that that just makes it even worse because this is, Ingolstadt is, is currently in last place in the second division. Um, and you have a player that can't get game time for the worst team in the division. You think if he was going to be able to get some consistent minutes anywhere, potentially it'd be a team like that that's really struggling and, and presumably looking for answers somewhere. Um, but obviously there were some discipline issues or some some issues with him that that you know really put him on the outs and caused this thing to be uh, you know terminated prematurely. But I'm I'm glad that he's not wasting away sort of in um, the Schalke reserve team purgatory and, and potentially has an opportunity to go elsewhere, even if it is a club like Helsinki and, and get some actual like meaningful in-game minutes. So um, we will see. It would help if I could turn my mute button off. Uh, <laughs> interesting comment here from Maceo Seki. He says, uh, speaking of Gazprom, how about we make a shock America patch to cover the sponsor logo and maybe profit goes to help Ukraine. Hey, that's not a bad idea. If anyone would you know, remind, I mean, generally the idea of a kit sponsor is that it has brand recognition, and so I don't know <laughs> if uh, if Schalke America is the best option there. We're just trying to get noticed in but, Germany, uh, and I mean, let alone yeah. America, you know. So. <laughs> hey, it could it could sell like hotcakes? You don't know. You know, but speaking about you know profit up uh, Ukraine or some sort of you know good cause, we have some stuff going on in the uh, in the background right now that we may be able to announce in the near future about you know doing some uh, some charity stuff. Yeah. So uh, keep a keep an eye out for that. Yeah, the, the Shaka community is tight, uh, and you know it's always trying to it's, we always all of us try to do good for the for the community and see ways we can help. And so we'll see. Yeah, keep an eye out, and maybe. Uh, We'll get some. Uh, you hear some nice things on Horizon, so we'll we'll see what's going to happen here in the background here. Uh, anything else? I mean, the boys look like they're excited for the game. Uh, they're ready, especially Darko chilling off there <laughs> with the pose. But uh, yeah, anything else you got for this one? No, I'm sorry, I'm just distracted by this photo now, <laughs> this, and, and how serious like Salazar is, is looking. This blue steel <laughs> over there on the right side. Yeah, very Zoolander of him. Uh, no, I, I got, I got nothing else. Um, yeah, where I, I've rambled about how much I hated this game enough. 
here's to a, a better game on the horizon against uh, presumably a worse opponent. So um, <laughs> let's get it done. Let's take advantage of the slip-ups that the teams ahead of us have been doing. As you mentioned, Sao Paulo looking decidedly Schalke-like, um, you know, in terms of some of their more recent run of of games. Uh, let's let's be the one, you know, why not us? As I repeatedly say, we have, I believe we have the squad. I, I do. It, uh, so yeah, <laughs> let's find a way to make it happen, please, for the love of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, I got nothing else to contribute. Uh, Salazar is doing okay. Uh, he could be, he is, he's streaky. Sometimes really good, sometimes not as much, but he's he's one of the hardest workers on the team, so I'll give him that. Uh, not quite Oyan level, but he's doing pretty, he's even decent. But I'd like to see more starts by him. All right. On that note, uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Lots of stuff to go that we went through. Uh, lots of stuff internationally going on. So um, it obviously affects the club. And so we got a game here on Saturday. Saturday morning, early 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 6.30 a.m. your time, Jack. Uh, we will be doing a watch along. So I'll, Maybe I'll try to join you for this one. We'll see how I feel. Yeah. I, I, I missed the last couple ones. I've been lazy. I didn't want to wake up that early. So the good I... news has been last couple games have been on ESPN+, Plus, which has been great. Uh, hopefully this game gets picked up by ESPN plus too, but if not, either way, we'll be there, uh, to help bring some of the commentary to, so you can join along in, in uh, some of the misery and some of the jubilation, hopefully more of the, of the latter. Uh, but yeah, from Jack, Jack, I'm not going to say your handle. Where can people find you on social media? At JMMangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. I can barely say my own. So thank you. Uh, you can always follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. For Jack, I'm Richard. For Schalke, Glugauth.